Welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Matt Arall, News Chief for Matani.com, now called Imperium.News. Let's get right to it. We're skipping the introduction because we only have one hour on this show. Uh, and we'll start with uh, Tiberius. Hey there, Tiberius Stargazer. I am the Editor-in-Chief for the EventT website. Um, I'm also an Editor and Writer for EVE News 24. And I'm a member of DITH's uh, Disruptive Influence in the Northern Coalition. As am I. He's my court mate. And um, Rivra? Hi, I'm Rivra. I uh, write for TPMC and uh, I do station trading. Awesome. And we have a Pothney with us. Hey, I'm Pothney. Uh, I'm uh, in Snickeredly and Pandemic Legion. Uh, I write for Crossing Zebras. I do AT commentary and hosting. I do stuff with EVENT and basically just show up wherever people ask me to to talk about spaceships. Awesome. Uh, it's perfect for you because this is going to be a uh, Alliance Tournament primer since that's coming on in an hour or two. And lastly, we have uh, our good friend, Core Blood Brothers. Hey, Matt. Good evening. Uh, my name is Core Blood Brothers. I'm uh, one of the CEOs for Volition Cult, longtime member of Provi Block. Last week, we went MBSI. We left Provi. We're setting up Pink Hatch now. Lots of drama, lots of kills everywhere. Um, pretty cool. Having a good time. Before that, uh, CSM two times, um, and a big, big E fan in general. Yeah, that's right, former CSM member uh, and all that. Great, well, thanks guys for showing up. Um, I was really looking forward to the show, except it's five in the morning for me, or it's pretty early. Uh, now I know how you guys have felt when you were on that program. <laughs> <laughs> so, ouch, I don't know how you did it. Uh, I think uh, long as I stayed up for the uh, US edition was, uh, Five, quarter past five in the morning. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right, let's get on with these topics here. Uh, the first thing I wanted to get to was the tribute war. Tiberius, how's it been going? Hi. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of interesting um, back and forths with this war so far. Um, it's certainly been a lot more engaging looking at the strategy of it. But to head it all off, really, um, NC along with... Uh, Pandemic Horde and uh, a couple of other supporting people from uh, Honor, I think as well, uh, occasionally PL, um, has been trying to invade the tribute region um, that's owned by CO2 Circular 2. Um, we've made like virtually no headway at all in the last two weeks, and it's just been um, a massive uh, push from both sides to both defend the region and attack it as well. So it's been it's been pretty interesting. Lots of interesting strategies lots of interesting tactics yeah but this last battle was pretty uh actually it was a very exciting battle it's it's the uh, i would have to say there was a lot of brawling going on people were dying on both sides it looked like nc was killing them on both sides <laughs> but yeah they had some uh, titans in tow they were being used like sub capitals they were flying around with the sub capital ships and kind of doomsdaying everything in front of the sub capitals very interesting tactics yeah, it was um, it was a fight that went on for somewhere in over four hours, five hours almost. Um, it all kicked off at uh, about eighteen hundred on the Friday afternoon, and, and it wasn't and a lag fest on. for being that long, right? No, 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 it just kept going. But it wasn't it wasn't in one system. The entire fight just kept sort of moving around to various different systems. Uh, NL six uh, V Tech Seven um, was where the bulk of the fighting actually happened, um, where the majority of the fleets kind of sort of hit hit each other. Um, I'll confess I wasn't in that one because um, I was kind of doing some stuff with the AT. 
uh, which we will sort of be talking about later. But it was, from all accounts, um, a lot of heavy fighting, and it was very exciting on both sides. Yeah, that's great. So, um, so let's move on then to Core Blood Brothers. If uh, if I can ask you what's going on with you down there in the catch area, right? Yeah. Um, well, we started half a year ago. We started moving away from Providence. We gave back all Providence systems and some border catch systems to create a buffer to make uh, CVA feel more secure. We stayed MB uh, NRDS. But lately we've been growing. We just came out of a war with a lumpy and yeah, um, ties to stain wagon more and more close and came to the point where uh, we wanted to see what we can do on our own. So we made that step, which caused a lot of drama because a lot of people see me or my tune as a, well, a hat figure for uh, profit blocker, the most known. Um, so it was a bit of a, a drama, uh, but in the end, um, uh, friendship doesn't stop with a, a ticker or a banner or a rat standing. So we're good friends. We shoot each other in the face now daily. Triple um, A of um, CVA is fencing off Tri. They even dunked Tri's capitals. And we just uh, finished a nice war with Lumpy with several battles. One of 200 bill, insane fight. And now we're um, taking soft together with Stain Wagon in the south a bit. So yeah, it's a, it's exciting. It's a, it's awesome. It's yeah. So many regional conflicts. Uh, you talk about C2, the other wars. You, you see slowly a different Eve um, arising out of all of this. It's a pretty cool time, actually. It was kind of um, you're so old school quite... the way you say shoot him in the face. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> you can do that. It's the song. Killing is a means of communication. So uh, that's Eve. There was it's quite interesting. Um from an outside observer having followed everything that's been going on between cva um vault and lumpy um because it was it was dubbed i believe the the to begin with the refugee uh, refugee war um <laughs> where obviously Del, uh, Delve was invaded by the Imperium. A lot of people got displaced from that. Um, and Lumpy and a couple other groups ended up in um, Catch or started uh, arriving in Catch as a result. And that's where you guys got into direct conflict with them. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Lumpy uh, never owned any soft. Um, basically, they staged from Curse uh, NPC and started entosing us a month in this fight, they hadn't won one timer. Uh, they hadn't won a system. Uh, we haven't lost one. Sort of a stalemate. They like the numbers, but they have their Gila uh, fleet combi is absolutely top. They fly like a bow pro. Uh, the Alliance tournament was coming for them. Um, I think both sides got um, a bit tired. Then Tri suddenly came in. Uh, we were fighting in the south of Catch, and Tri started with Threadnoughts and large capitals, started nuking our jumperches in the north, which put my alliance at a two-front war. Also, you saw Stainwagon, who has been coming to our aid daily almost, had some other plans. Um, they said, hey, we cannot keep this up. Then we wanted to also do the MBSI thing. Um, I sat down with uh, Alan uh, Atlan, the CEO of Lumpy. And actually, we had a nice talk. We had a good laugh. Um, so I gave them the RNF pocket, and Steenwagen gave us 20 more systems in the other side of catch. So it's a good deal for us. And it's nice to see how everybody spins it. Um, Lumpy's been an insane enemy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's been awesome. And I rather have a good friend next door that is rat to me than, um, that can provide content. We're actually sharing fits now. <laughs> 
Um, but it, it you it did pull us away from probably an NRDS thing. It, it wasn't a we tried to find mid ways like NRDS and Provi and BSI elsewhere, and then we said, okay. Do you say um, you know influences from um, Stainwagon and, and other places? Were, yeah, were, that was a, almost an indirect cause of why uh, Vault decided to move away from Provi after so many years, because you guys were like um, well, we are the big tight. block in yeah. uh, Provi block, yes. Yeah, there was uh, also, um, if you if you carefully read it on Eve twenty four, if you go down in the comments, there's always been um, fault guys versus CVA guys, and I'm not blaming CVA. CVA has strict rules or has lived there for ten years, and if you start to notice you don't follow uh, the, the 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 ideal anymore or the structures that are in place, you you can look at them, but they're not changing. So you have to look at yourself and make your own. Uh, decisions and it was not CVA uh, kicking us out or, or we hating them. It was us looking at ourselves and realizing, hey guys, we're going in a different direction, and that's cool. And we're going to follow up on that. And there's no, if CVA gets attacked, CVA status calls. I think one hour after the MBSI, um, if CVA would get attacked tomorrow, they have my fleets forever. People blamed on alpha clones, and uh, alpha clones are a part of um, this break. Um, but there's more. There's Stainwagon, of course, involved. There's us growing from 300 to 3,000 in alliance strength. Um, there's a lot of things uh, involved in, in that final decision. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for getting us caught up there uh, in that area. I will move on now to, um, I just want to mention that uh, Oracle Mining uh, notes have come out and also Alpha Clone details have come out from CCP. And um, I just want to mention them because they were covered in the Friday show uh, for talking in stations. Uh, for, we gave, dedicated a couple hours to those. So uh, unless you guys have something pressing you want to say about that, we can move on to NPE mining. Do you guys have anything you want to say about any of those? I like on the on the um, on on the clones. I, I like really to. I don't know if it was brought up in the other show. Um, the way the CSM was involved in this. Um, you can see in the writings from CCP that they made adjustments and changes and they really listened to this CSM and being in some CSMs mm. that had a lot of issues. A big respect to both CCP and this CSM for, for being like this intermediate uh, channel again. It's, I don't know if everybody noticed what went on there. That's good for the future. Yeah, I totally agree. Like when you read back um, the blogs that have come out um, and some of the extra notes that came out, a lot of the concerns that were brought up by the community were were addressed in those notes and addressed in those dev blogs. Um, when sometimes when there's a big concern that's been brought up about a chain, um, sometimes they don't get addressed. So I, I totally agree with that. It, it's the CSM has done uh, really well. I think from a personal point of view, I disagree with um, the restriction on alpha clones and omega clones, but they have said that that's something that they will continuously review. Um, but yeah, I, in what way do you disagree? Do you, in what way uh, do you disagree? Well, they, so as, as it stands, you, the, the restriction is going to be if you don't have, if you have an alpha clone, you can't run another client at the same time. Is it? That was, yeah. that was the thing. And for me, that kind of like made me a little bit, uh, because I, 
mainly because I had this envision in my head that I could be doing things on my main tunes and then I could actually like, I don't know, create scouts or factory warfare orts or various other little bits and pieces to do other things as well on the side. So I'm, I'm kind of doing other bits and pieces. And then they've restricted that completely. I understand why they've done it because they've done it under the fear of, um, not fear, it's not the right word, but I guess the abuse of the mechanic, which allows people to create like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten alpha clones and then go out and do things and just steamroller into particular activities such as ganking or whatever. Um, but I think not allowing you to run another client at all where you've got one with an alpha clone, I, I think that's probably a little bit too far, in my opinion. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not sure how enforceable um, that would be anyway, because say, for example, uh, Caleb, my boyfriend, plays Eve and he's not been playing for a while. So he comes back as an alpha clone and Reaver is an Omega clone and we're both running um, on the on the same IP, of course, because we're running from the same address. Mm. So I'm not sure how uh, it would be enforceable to say you can't have an alpha and an Omega logged in at the same time. Well, from... Uh... Go ahead, Something Paul. I think where you can be limited probably by the number of PCs you own, in that if you own five computers at home, you, you will probably be able to run five accounts at once. But it's certainly more restrictive than, I don't know, like if I were still an FC in Faction Warfare, like I was a few years ago, i just have an alpha in every system with a station in Northern yeah, exactly. Faction Warfare space <laughs> and just cycle through them watching fleets travel around. Like it's much more limiting to that. And CCP have done the CCP thing where they say, okay, we know that technically there's probably going to be some software or some bullshit where you can work around those of you that own 10 laptops because your IT nerd's running. If we find out that we're doing it, we will consider it a breach of the ULA and we will come after you. It's just like, a look, this is what we're going for. These are the rules. If you try and be a smartass about it, prepare to be destroyed. Uh, yeah, it's about intent. Uh, you always see CCP going um, after intent to keep the rules broad and then interpret them to, they're not afraid to take on uh, abuse. Even if some people argue with the rules, it might be within if the intent is there. Uh, I, I've seen uh, as a CSM how they detect some of it and I'm like, mm. wow. Well, from what I've heard, they have a lot of data at their disposal, but yeah, that's covered uh, very absolutely. well on the Friday show. So if you need to yep. get more information on that, um, go there, because we have other things that we want to cover that the Friday show won't cover. And the first of those is uh, some more changes to mining, and that is NPE mining. So I'll let Reaver talk about this. Yeah, one of the things they've got coming up in the November release is the first iteration of uh, procedurally uh, generated PVE. And this first uh, iteration will be uh, MPC mining fleets out in uh, belts. We don't know too much about this at the moment, but we do know that there'll be MPCs mining in the belts and they will be, as far as we know, taking ore out of the belts. Um, they will be attackable as well, but they will have uh, defense fleets with them. Um, yes, so it's a very uh, interesting development so far. So this is like a first step into um, the world kind of existing without players and that th things will be behaving out there uh, in not routine ways. They'll actually be, their behavior will be very natural uh, and evolving. So what are the kinds of things that you can expect to see if you attack these guys, for instance? Well, they haven't uh, expanded too far on that. They've just said that um, haulers will be hauling the ore away. And if they are attacked, they will call in reinforcements. So we're not sure 
uh, what sort of reinforcements would be there, whether they mean Concord or whether it will just be uh, rats for you to attack. Um, but it's it's just their first uh, step along many things that they want to add into this uh, procedurally generated PVE. One of the things they said, I, I believe, was that the ore that they actually devour actually goes away. It's like a sink. And uh, is, are there going to be some problems with uh, belts disappearing? Yeah, I I wouldn't imagine that the NPCs are going to be sucking up enough ore to uh, empty a belt. I think that would be a bit broken. Um, but they are going to be depleting ore, from what we know. Don't you guys love that? It's like uh, it's like locusts on the uh, <laughs> on the farm <laughs> or something. Yeah, I mean, it, for Heisig, it might. Heisig is, of course, a bit more farmed than, I mean, in all, you'll, you'll find plenty of places. For Heisig, I don't know how, how how widely distributed it will be, so I don't know if it's going to be an issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one, one thing I like about this this feature, um, I, I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of unknowns about it because it's still going to be fleshed out exactly what can be done and what you can and cannot do. But it, it, it's kind of adding in um, an element to the game to give the world a bit more activity in the same vein that games like um, Grand Theft Auto and things like that have a live and active world because it gives you something to interact with. Um, so even if you don't mind, you can actually just go around and hunt down these groups or something along those lines. It, it, it's something that you can plan your own activities about, have encounters and create your own stories without necessarily... While, yes, we have a multiplayer game, which is at its core multiplayer game, um, for those people that don't interact too much with the multiplayer side, it might give them something to do to create their own stories. And I, I quite like that idea um, of just that extra sandcastle building element to the, to the game. And the question is, how far are they going to drive this? We know from numbers that people who are solo venturing into Eve stay, like a player who goes to Nullsack stays almost four times as long in the game if he joins the player alliance and he goes into Null. And so he, he delivers four times like the pay to CCP than uh, a guy in high school who loves what mm -hmm. he's doing. So the question is, uh, how much effort or time you would want to put in something that most of us um, are not going to say, oh, it's nice, but we're never going to use it. Um, and will you create a PVE experience that is sturdy enough to um, really pin players down in that part of EVE, or do we want them mm. to move on to 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 the thing, the null sack uh, fights and the low second wormholes? Well, I think I think if you look at your average player's journey. Um, I think there was a, I can't, it was a couple of years ago now, but I think CCP Rise presented the thing that showed how people sort of progress through the game. And if you get past that initial point and you learn sort of the basics, then the majority of people get into uh, the PVE elements. Like they will choose a particular career that they want to do, like you do in any other um, MMO. Um, and it's from there you start potentially building connections up with other people. Um, so you doing that particular activity, you see someone on a regular basis. So, you know, if you're out mining, you might see somebody comes to the same belt as you and is mining with you. And then one day you might start a conversation and then it leads on from there. I, and then, you know, a year or two down the line, those people end up generally going to Nelsex. So if we're losing a lot of people in that process um, to the experience, I think giving an extra element to the game to help encourage those interactions and help encourage people to stick around longer to encourage those interactions is a good step. 
Yeah, I agree. That, that's why the question, how big or how small do you need to form uh, um, uh, groups to take them down while they come in different sizes and levels of expertise, then it becomes interesting in the, like an incursion where you, you need to have a team. Yeah, I think it's, it's the PVE in EVE does very badly need uh, revitalizing a bit. And I think this is a nice way to get it started. And one of the things they say in the CSM minutes is that they do aim for eventually um, these uh, sorts of PVE things to have standings, having some impacts on them. So while the mining thing is a very simple, you know, NPCs just sitting in belts, I think it's, uh, if, if it works out okay, it could be a nice first step towards actually making PVE uh, in EVE a bit more interesting than it is, because there's plenty of people who just run level four missions and those things are boring as hell. So if there's an alternative to doing them, then it can't be bad, I think, for EVE. Yeah, it depends also how dynamic it is. How we've seen PVE, uh, the, the AI has been very much improved. Um, if you try to hit a sleeper or something, uh, we've all been, uh, well, a lot of us been nuked. Uh, CCP doesn't <laughs> shy away from making kick-ass NPCs. Ah, I like that. This is a kick-ass game, so it should be hard. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's going to be interesting um, because the world is, is taking on a natural life of its own, which means you, as an explorer, you have more opportunities to see things and feel like there's a living ecosystem as opposed to you're just trying to get to some place to do an act. It'll be things that can happen along the way. Because I think yeah. these things can call for help. And in faction warfare, we wonder if they'll be able to call, you know, friendly faction players to fight for them as well. So you'd have player versus player based on something that happened with um, an NPC being attacked. That'd be a good idea. Like, uh, you know, if you're in local and an NPC basically says to you on the militia channel, help, I need help in this belt or this site or whatever. So, you know, you go, hey, there's a fight there. Yeah, it might give you a chance to, to white knight uh, some NPC of some sort, which, you know, people will do. I all think right. ultimately um, it's all going to be about encouraging people to be in space longer and to encourage interactions with other people. And I think this is probably a good step in the right direction to start doing that. Right. Okay, so um, is there anything else in that, Reaver, you wanted to mention? No, I think that's most of it. I mean, we don't really know more. Um, there's dev blogs due on this in the middle of October. So, yeah, just waiting for those at the moment. Yeah, there seems to be a ton of uh, dev blogs coming through. Also, um, we do expect a dev blog on um, the the new stations that are coming up, right? Or the new, the new structures. Yeah, that's uh, the, the engineering complexes. They're due on uh, Monday, I believe. That was uh, what Falcon uh, has said anyway. So we'll have to see if they turn up on Monday. But everyone's been yeah, waiting for those for, it feels like forever now. We haven't really had any information on them since last uh, year. It's, this yeah. is the year with the least amount of dev blocks ever in EVE. Huh? If you, uh, there's a graph on the site, you can see the amount of dev blocks per year. This is the year with the least dev blocks ever. The yeah. devlogs, in fairness, have been pretty dense. Like, there's been a lot of stuff in each devlog, whereas in previous years, some devlogs yeah, are like, hi, we're changing this from 100 to 120, thanks, bye. <laughs> hi, I'm like new. The mining one was, was uh, 2,000, 3,000 words. I mean, it was, it was a heavy old read, the mining one that came out. To be fair. Also, Cor, I want to point out, it's very big of you to say that the CSM is doing a great job and you really like the relationship that's being built. Uh, considering you were on a previous CSM 
and a lot of people compare this CSM to previous CSMs. So I thought that was a pretty classy move, uh, not to be self-conscious about it. Yeah, but it is. My first CSM was filled with uh, uh, goons and the big power blocks. Guys have been at this for three years. And when I uh, saw the sheet last night, I, I almost realized, and I was tempted to type it somewhere, and I held back on it. I think CCP should look into limiting the amount of terms a, pe a person can do to uh, two and then uh, give people um, or, or make sure a CSM is balanced. Because this CSM, everything, oh, they're newbies, they're new bros, everything. But look at it, how they work together, how they find each other, how they uh, not on certain topics. Uh, there's no animosity. Um, I've seen different things there. If you look at Sign, for example, so uh, pissed off at goons that he left, he, he's out because of all the drama. And so, yeah, well, this CSM uh, needs a big cheer, but also. I don't think Sion's pissed off at Falcon goons. I, I think you meant CCP, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not discuss that here. Yeah. There's news. Uh, mm -hmm. um, of course, um, they made changes on the, the CCP side as well. Um, so, yeah, they deserve a big cheer, C CCP and the CSM. And the Pothney there would have been elected had he not uh, dropped out. So, he's practically honorary uh, CSM member. Well, uh, uh, CCP also this time invited fucking everybody. Yeah? That's ooh. awesome. That is group building. That's oh, pretty good. Something. I think that like- day, I get mails of people asking me to do stuff for the CSM. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not on. I pulled out, I totally pulled out. <laughs> when the data came through, Fuzzy Steve did a bunch of work with it. And then through Jin Tan, I found out that had I not pulled out i would have been one of the permanent attendees i think i would have been like third behind uh hyde and arith or something like that which is like really really cool and amazing and overwhelming which was uh, i thought i would have only barely scraped on but like that was pretty insane right well anyway we're sure you have a future if you want it in the csm um let me move on real quick to uh we're going to do the at tournament uh, preview because that's coming on in just a few hours and we'll talk about last weekend. We'll talk about this weekend. Um, uh, just before that, I wanted to go back to Rivra, only that I forgot what it was I was going to ask you. It's too early in the morning. You haven't had enough coffee. I'm focusing on pressing this mouse, mouse hard enough to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stupid reason. Uh, okay, so Tiberius, why don't you set this one up? Um for the AT, so yeah, it's it's the second weekend of the AT. Um, it is really, really exciting. There's lots of new faces. There is one ma big match in particular um, that's going to be coming up. Um, Apophne has, uh, this is off the back of sort of the coverage that EVENT did last weekend, of which Apophne hosted um, and did a fantastic job, I might add, as well. Um, I'm, I'm really, really proud of uh, the NT team. Um, but the... This weekend is going to be a good one. Uh, we're kicking, it's kicking off on the uh, CCP stream. So that's Twitch forward slash CCP um, at, I believe, 2.30 uh, Eve time uh, with the first match at um, 14.55. And that's uh, Fraternity versus Hard Knocks. Um, so we have the loser brackets to begin with. And I'm loading up the brackets myself. Well, we have the loser brackets to begin with. There's 16 teams left in the loser brackets at the moment. Um, Paternity versus Hard 404, Band Apart versus Spectre Fleet, Phoebe Freeport Republic versus League of uh, Online Master Pilots, aka Lumpy, uh, Ministry of Prep versus Mercenary Coalition, 
Well, you should Marjorie say reloaded. You should say who Lumpy is, though, because Lumpy is actually on the Evoke, right? And they actually won the tournament right. a few years ago. Well, actually, many years ago now. I think 2005. I reached all the way back to Evoke. Uh, don't call Lumpy Evoke. Predominantly, who is from the old Camel team. And then um, a couple of his guys have been in one or two 80s before, and then there's a, a couple that haven't been in the 80s before. So they've got a really good um, leader, very experienced leader, who will have brought a lot of experience and knowledge and really good team designs. And then they've just got like, like a, a core of really solid pilots, um, not necessarily with a ton of 80 experience, but enough that Lumpy are a really significant threat this year. Um, and the loser's bracket's actually really insane. Like There are matches in the loser's Ooh. bracket that you could expect in winner's bracket like end round. Yeah, like uh, Agony Empire with uh, Vyder Reloaded. Uh, <laughs> I still can't get over that name. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, you know, those two facing off as well, they're, they're over the years have been very, very uh, good. Um, the the winner's bracket as well, like pretty much everyone but one match, and I'm not going to say which one it is because that's mean, but like all of those could be winner's bracket grand finals. Like they just could be. This weekend is already insane. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, um, and, and I'm really playing, the, the Velour Accords getting into the uh, undefeated section of the winner's bracket as well, I'm, I was really happy with that one. It was good to see those guys get up there as well. Um, because they oh, it's real. I know it's so good. Uh, so I'm really pleased. Um, uh, for me, obviously, being in NC, the big match I'm looking forward to is is the PL versus NC one, um, which is currently the most betted on one on Eve Bet as well at the moment, um, with somewhere near 200 billion ISK bet on it. Oh wow! So, oh, um, oh you bet on this one, didn't you? Did I get on this one? Yeah, you bet on this one, didn't you? I did bet on this one. So, uh, how, how much faith do you have in our team? Oh, four hundred <laughs> mil. <laughs> I also bet another four hundred mil on us winning the tournament outright as well. So, uh, which might give me a payout of eight billion discs. That's our odds right there. Um, so, I hope the guys don't let me down. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, what do you think? Any particular matches you're looking forward to, Apothne? Um, PLNC dot obviously because that's my team. Um, Exodus Afterlife could be basically all the winners round matches, uh, and then, um, like we said, Vydra against whoever they're against. Uh, Vydra. Uh, Ministry of Inappropriate Footwear versus Mercenary Coalition should be good as well. Vydra Agony was that one. That's the one. It should be a good one because Vydra, um, are. They kind of come from Hydra Reloaded as well, if I remember. Well, kind of. So basically, uh, there are some Russians in Hydra, and it's basically uh, Lussy Lou in their crew. Like, if you remember, there was a video going around um, a few weeks ago of a guy in a Varga, <coughs> excuse me, who got hot dropped by a Mercenary Coalition, ton of yep, bombers, yep. and the Varga soloed them. That's Lussy Lou. That's the guy. Um, one of the main guys in Vydra. It's basically a Russian crew of really good PvPers. They've got some of that um, Hydra heritage, and that's one of the really interesting things about this year that the um, the the Hydra Reloaded, then Warlords of the Deep, and the Camel Empire kind of very focused, experienced group full of a lot of solid 
players have really distributed into a, a fair few different teams and we've seen a lot of uh, team reorganizations uh, we from Volta for example is another one where the core of the old try team left try and formed a new team and that's left try um, a little bit out in terms of performance this year but um, one of the things that Elisa said and a lot of old school AT guys have said is that um, over the past four years or so it's mm. been really a lot harder for the old school top teams to stay where they are like back in 86 and 7 you just rolled whatever you want until the final weekend whereas now there are so many teams that are good like i think at least said that if test now test are not the best at alliance in the game they're like really solid mid-tier test are a good at team if they had taken part in like 85 86 they, did, they just would have won instantly easily with the amount mm. of like the 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 stakes of the alliance tournament are really higher than they've ever been in terms of player skill. Yeah, the quality of the matches have been really good this year, um, and a lot of them have been pretty close. And there's been a few upsets, like for example, Tess getting knocked out um, in the the second elimination round. You know, if but the, the team this year was good. They had a good team. They had a solid team. Um, I didn't know Test got knocked out. Yeah, they knocked out. I was going to have one of their tournament uh, members on today. Glad I didn't invite him. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> they, 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 and they lost to two teams that you really wouldn't expect them to lose to, like Test. Uh, for ages, were like a really, really solid team. Like even innovative, you could say, in the meta with their distributed Tinger. Mm. They lost to um, Fraternity, which is uh, one of the Chinese groups. And then, oh, they also lost to Northern Coalition, which is fair enough. NC dot yeah. really freaking strong this year. But even then, that was that was a close match as well. That was, you know, we, we it, up until about five minutes into that match, it could have gone either way. Yeah, like, it could have gone towards test or it could have gone to NC. Have had one hell of a bracket of like proving themselves. They started off with White Legion, which was like a you know, new name group of French guys. Like, sure, Northern Coalition win. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. They then beat Test, and you're like, okay, Test, Test were pretty, pretty solid team. Like, NC Dot, good on you. Then NC Dot beat Lumpy, who many people were predicting, including myself, to be like one of the top four teams this year. Now they're up against yeah. PL. Like, if NC Dot beat PL, like, alarm bells, ah, everything, <laughs> like, all the sirens, air horns, everything. Like I was thinking the same thing. If NC beats PL, then they've kind of arrived at a new level for their reputation. I already think it's kind of an era of Northern Coalition right now because the last, say, four months of fighting, NC and even in uh, World War B, the last like year of fighting, NC has kind of brought the numbers and brought the power with uh, all the massive uh, titans and super capitals and stuff. They really are something to be reckoned with in the game but but they Not haven't had that prestige yet <laughs> yeah yeah oh, i belong to nc and so does tiberius <laughs> so we're slightly biased. yeah so maybe we're a little this, biased but they, they nc right is the um you know obviously very tied to pl but when pl really brings it to a fight they have some level of subcap fleet and then if they drop all the fucking caps right but then pan then nc dot they will bring all the fucking caps but still have a full like two they can like a full subcap fleet, and I I believe that the P, the NC dot supercap fleet is larger at PLs at this point, and and PL um, maintains kind of its uh, place in the relationship not through numbers, but because I think the the roster of FCs and people doing mm -hmm. stuff is a little deeper. Not saying that NC dot don't have incredible people, but I think that 
to my yeah. knowledge, PLs just has more of them. PL seems to be good at instigating things that NC can then join in and capitalize on. Um, that seems to be some part of their relationship. But yeah, uh, PL has more maybe FCs. I don't know. It's getting NC's getting a lot of NCs. But one thing NC has lacked is tournament like prestige that PL has. PL has the game. They have it locked up in the game, and they have it locked up in the Alliance Tournament. NC has never had the Alliance Tournament. so Well, that's not true because NC is formed from the ashes of Bob, and Bob was the first dynasty that won the first three uh, Alliance Tournaments. So I guess if you want to look at it that way. But this is the first time... The years are still there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, the yeah, first time NC is really doing it. Several um, good 20 dudes. Um, for example, uh, they absorbed... Yeah. Uh, DHB Wildcat, who wasn't necessarily, you know, the top guy on the Warlords team, but you know, being on the Warlords team at all it exposes you to so much uh, experience, intelligence that you can't not learn a lot and uh, be a solid member for any team. After that, he also brought with him a big pool of AT ships, and if you really want to get in the top rounds, you do need to have availability of uniques. Not that NC Dot didn't have that before, because NC Dot uh, are not known for being the poorest alliance in the game. Um, so they could certainly afford as many AT ships as people were willing to sell them. Well, How many hours would you say um, one of the, the, let's say, the top four team invest before a tournament? Well, many, many hours. Um, Do you have a number? What would you? Uh, I know. I know the NC team has been training two, three times a week, every week for at least three hours ago since February. Um, so they've been putting a lot of time. So we're talking hundreds yeah, of hours. A few here. hundred hours per player. Yeah, um, it's been put into it, and it's literally a case of you guys are training, so off they go and they do it. And there's quite a lot of them. There's there's a full roster and support as well. And I think PL is is uh, I think I was having this discussion. I can't remember who I was having this discussion with uh, the other week, but uh, I was having a discussion with someone from PL, and they said that their AT guys put in a similar amount of effort as well. Yeah, the smaller groups have been doing the same thing. They've been doing yeah three, mm. four-hour sessions three times a week since April or so. Um, they're quite pleased that it got pushed back a bit um, from when it was originally going to be on because it's given them more time to practice. But on top of that as well, CCP released the Thunderdome server, um, which I found out about first off at FanFest. Um, and it's it's basically a pet project of Logibro. Um, that he's kind of take on and see this stuff and it's basically um a server that has all the alliance tournament tools built into it so all the things to start the matches the boundary violation stuff the arena setups every, everything you need is in there and i think that's probably gone a long way to help a lot of the teams as well because you could sign up for that you could get on that you could spawn all the ships you want um with the tools that you had you could set up matches as if you were setting them up in the game you could ban ship sale as you would do in the real tournament as well and i think that's been a massive bonus to a lot of a lot of the teams as well yeah it's uh it's like the Thunderdome is something that 80 players have like dreamed of for years and years and years and years and years, and like uh, it's also made um like watching other people practice a lot harder. Like uh, last year, like there was literally a YouTube playlist of every team practicing that we could watch all the practices of because spying was so easy. Uh, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> easy; it required a crap ton of effort, but it was a, a lot more doable than the, this year. Uh, it, it's added a lot of security. It's added a lot of ease of access 
of not having to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to practice, which means that the effort and burnout on things you don't want to put effort and burnout on has been much lower. Like it's it's mm. uh, one of those things which we've seen in Eve design across the board where the complexity and difficulty is being removed from the UI and interfacing the game at all and is where it should be in the skill and the spending time actually playing the game. Um, well, can we... Um... Like for people who are coming to Eve for the first time and people who will look back on this program in a few months after they arrive for the first time as an alpha clone, can we talk about like what the Alliance tournament means to Eve? So the Alliance tournament is essentially Eve's main uh, kind of competitive scene as in um, you know you have Sovnol which is in itself you know a competitive thing alliance is going against each other but this is a specific ruled format um, so it, it's uh, more equivalent to a, a more modern EVE sport in some ways in that um, you've got a specific set of rules and there are specific matches with specific time limits and certain boundaries and all that kind of thing. It's essentially, um, uh, you know, who are the best pilots, who are the best theory crafters within these defined boundaries? It's a bit like, uh, it's a, I, call it, I think it's a Champions League of, uh, of EVE. Yeah. Yeah. And the amount of money that gets thrown around in this is, as far as EVE terms, it's basically like the Formula One uh, levels of budgets, like huge amounts of ISC is spent in this uh, tournament every year, uh, just for the prestige of winning. If you do win, you get a lot of that money back because the, the prizes are amazing. Um, you get like, what, five trill if you win, effectively? Yeah, I mean, you get 50, 50 of the cruisers, uh, the special one-off cruisers, uh, which sell for... 100 maybe 120 billion is huge um and they're really really desirable this year because i can easily see that these this year's alliance tournament ships being used in next year's ones as well but it, it's it's a huge prestige thing it, it, it's a huge um it, in if, any way if you're a new player um how many of these players are like mm, let's see one i think nobody in there is one or two years old in eve right uh i was when I did when I flew for the first time with Waffles. I was two years playing the game. I think I, uh, actually it was more like mm. a year and a half. So, uh, so a question: Why? Why I'm asking is why is it appealing? Because you're mentioning the new Alpha clones. Are they gonna look at this and like? Are they gonna completely ignore it and say, okay, that's old Eve guys stuff? You're pretty much never going to see an Alpha clone take part in the Alliance tournament. No, I mean watch it. Uh, even interested in, in watching. Yeah, it whether they'll be interested. Uh, maybe it question. depends on how good the show is. Like uh, a lot of the things you have to do as a commentator is is make it friendly to non eighty nerd audience. Because like even the Alliance tournament itself, if you didn't focus on that, it wouldn't just be only understood by Eve. It would be only understood by a very small percentage of the Eve community. Like a how in like League of Legends you might have everybody who plays League even casually can kind of get what's going on and then the commentators have to really explain it for people who don't play League that are just watching. In EVE Online it's a you do the high level analysis for the EFT nerds and the AT nerds and then you are kind of like doing your best to explain for people who already play EVE, who already understand to some extent the mechanics and the, and the, and the mm. spaces of EVE and everything work and you're kind of explaining it to them that alone people have never touched seen heard of the game before would you would you think would you say that ccp might for next year look into an alliance journey for alpha clones um 
I don't know if they will. I think that that's so something like midget that fighting they or something? may rely on uh, players <laughs> to do. Like, uh, I would be very surprised if EVNT don't have an alpha league at some point. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the the NT staff have kind of thrown the idea around, but we haven't really like said anything for definite uh, because we got our own championship coming up which before the announcement of alpha clones uh, because we've got the championship coming up towards the end of this year um before the announcement of alpha clones that was the entry level because we have um the lower class league and the upper class leagues um and the upper class leagues has a whole bunch of well-known names of people from the tuskers and and things like that in it but the the lower class leagues were always kind of um if you wanted to have a go you could have a go so that was that was the original intention um, for us, was to get people um, into Alliance Tournament without actually having to go through, um, you know, the, the formality of the big the big games. It's just, just try and get a taste of it, see whether it's something they can do. And I think certainly with skill injectors and things like that, the Alliance Tournament and these other tournaments have gotten a lot more accessible. Um, because, and, and then it's all down to the budget of your team. In the AT, skill injections and things like that will not really be an issue at all. Um, whether it be appealable to alpha clones uh, or people that have joined the game as alpha clones, I don't know, uh, to be honest. I think I think the AT struggles is the same as EVE in general. There's, you do need a base level understanding of how the game uh, works in order to understand what's kind of going on. And while... You know, the commentators do a great job. A lot of the commentators do a great job in, in trying to make it as accessible as possible. You do need, still need that level of understanding to know what's going on on screen. So will it will, it will in, entice our plans? I think people will probably look at it out of curiosity because they're plugged into the environment and they might get like the news update and the pings inside the game saying, hey, the Alliance tournament's starting, can watch it on here. But um but will that, it cause them any difference to stick around? I don't know. That's just the exact... We looked at topping the Alliance tournament last year. Huh? It was a very interesting debate, yeah. actually. Well, of the amount of time CCD claims are putting in 500,000 hours, and it only appeals to, like you guys, guys say, the, the high-end population of this game. Um, so, But they, cho they chose to run at that because it is, that has that much prestige. Hmm. The um, as they're going to be feeding uh, new players towards uh, Faction Warfare with the uh, new player experience ending up there, I think that Alpha Clones will maybe be getting more interested in it. But the problem that I see with an Alpha Clones tournament is that you would have to have so many restrictions because as an Omega clone, I can have plus fives and then turn into an Alpha clone. And I've still got my plus fives being functional. Um, which would obviously give me a bit of an advantage in an alpha clone tournament. So you'd have to restrict all those sort of things. Well, we'd have access to the Thunderdome, right? So we could easily say even T ran a, mm -hmm. a alpha clone tournament. That CCP could set up a, a a thing in the banning tool for alpha clone tournament rule set and um, like all the normal ban pop-ups. This person has plus five implants. They may not fly. Blah 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 blah. All that kind of thing. Yeah, because I think that's I think that's built into it, isn't it? I think that sort of stuff is already built into the alpha, uh, the Thunderdome yeah. server. Yeah, I think it's um, fair to say that interest in the alliance tournament this year is is i think bigger than it's been for quite a long time i think that the addition of player run tournaments like eventy amongst others i mean if you look at the stream numbers we got on the first weekend just the first weekend of the tournament we were nearly 
breaking 7k i think at one point and like uh, well, 6700 yeah the so yep. we, were, we were kissing 7k and you know the first uh year i did 80, uh i casted it at 80 12 like that was like that was nearly finals weekend numbers like i think that um the presence of the alliance tournament and aviv tournament play is more widespread in the and kind of present in the minds of the average Eve player than it's ever been. I'm not going to try and ever say that Eve uh, 80 or whatever is going to be like a mainstream eSport. I think that that's not a good goal. Um, I But I think that having the 80 more present and more entertaining to a wider majority of the player base has been achieved and is continuing to be achieved. And I think that's really cool, especially as the 80 is something mm. that I personally really love. Well, the thing I was getting at was that AT is different than other tournaments um, because we've seen other tournaments would say a better concentration of fighters, right? Because they can come from anywhere, form their own teams, call themselves whatever they want and get into the tournament. So you get your you know, really good friends together. But the AT kind of has the branding of the Alliance tournament on it. So it is like uh, Core said, uh, um, you know, a, a Champions League for uh, for alliances, which means that people who don't even participate can watch it just to cheer for their team and i think that's why it's bigger than any of the other ones it's also been around longer yeah and the voting and the debating of course on stuff also makes it popular i think the stories are really what gets people that aren't really into it into it and that's one of the reasons i try and do the team summaries each year even though this year they're really fucking late and that's my bad um like i think that that instead of it to being two random names you have people uh, being able to look at, okay, who are this alliance? Where are they from? And Eve, oh, they own Sov right next to me. I hate them. I've been warring against them. Boo, you lose in the alliance tournament. Or, hey, these are our friends. Yeah. You guys win in the alliance tournament. And there's that more personal connection. Reva? Yeah, I was just going to say that I think uh, as well, um, the fact that there was a state raven in one of the first matches uh, this year made people so funny. want to uh, watch the rest of it to see what else was going to be brought out that was uh, yeah in that level of uh, expensive ships. Well, that's always a big deal. I think in uh, Alliance tournaments of the past, you had really expensive ships brought out and they created a ton of drama. I think Thoric uh, from Guiding, uh, the Guiding Hand Social Club, um, yeah, who Torex, will be, yeah, yeah Thorax will be actually um, speaking at Eve Vegas, was somebody that would trot out very expensive ships in tournaments uh, and, you know, create a lot of fanfare for stuff like that. But yeah, those are, you know, if you watch those videos, you go back, they're, they're huge. But the state raven is uh, a bit beyond uh, most of the. It's it's beyond most of the average expensive ships like the Atana or whatever because there is only four of them in Eve and two of them are owned by one person. Yep. Oh, I didn't realize that. And actually, somebody brought that out in a tournament. Yep. 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 PL fielded it first round against Iron Armada. Well, like, that's going to be really insulting to Iron Armada, doesn't Alliance it? <laughs> picked it as their flagship, I think, one or two years ago. And to my knowledge, at the time, they did not own one. <laughs> <laughs> they had high hopes, I suppose. Well, I was saying that That's quite fun. if you're bringing something it's like that up, half trill. some, uh, 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 yeah, something that's priceless or, well, actually, it's not priceless, it's three and a half trill. That, to me, says something about their confidence over who they're fighting. <laughs> that would be, I would take it as an Especially insult. for uh... It was for the first match, so it wasn't uh, even, it wasn't one that was being covered uh, on a Pothney stream. Um, it was over on 
the other ISD stream. So it wasn't even a big match that people were going to be watching. So that was part of the shock with them bringing it out as well. It wasn't for the final or anything. Oh, interesting. Iron Armada, incidentally, was uh, took a little bit of Sov when Sov changed up in the northern area. I think it was, uh, it wasn't Outer Ring, but it was Cloud Ring, I think. And Cloud they were... Ring, yep. Yeah, they were taken out by uh, Pandemic Horde, so there's a little bit of a grudge there anyway. So it's a little insult on top of insult. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, we got about uh, three minutes. Anything else you guys want to say before we go? Uh, no, I mean, other than... Give us your um, picks. Who's going to be, who's gonna be the, uh, the, the fights to watch today? Oh, the fights to watch today. Uh, well, PL and NC, obviously. Yeah, like every Timbody in the winner's bracket. Um, which is uh, fight or uh, Agony or whatever it is. I mean, I, I would say, good. I would say that uh, the uh, Band Apart Spectre Fleet one uh, would also be interesting to watch because the Band Apart have actually been quite good in the, or better than people yeah, have expected have. in the previous ones. Who are you going to watch? watch Spectre sure. bring another battleship only setup. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to watch Lumpy. I believe it. Yeah, uh, Lumpy. You want to watch Lumpy because they're German like you? No, no, no! Oh, hey, hey, hey! I'm Dutch. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but, that's but, right. Uh, Lump... Classic, classic mistake right there. <laughs> if Lump, if Lumpy gets kicked out, they they, uh, they they come attack us again. So they need to stay in. <laughs> Keep them busy. <laughs> that's uh, right. For me, if if we have one minute, um, yeah, uh, interested to, to know from the other guys. At the moment, if you look at the Alpha clones coming, you look at Jump Fatigue. Um, you look at all the changes CCP is making. Um, you see on the new sites, you see fights of alliances that I've never heard of. I, I, I do see EVE breaking up in way more smaller fights, regional, three regions together, 10, 20 different um, conflicts all over the map. And I really think um, that, that is good for the future of this game because I want to play this game in a few years. And I, I think you see CSM and I see CCP uh, making uh, decisions that are bold. Um, and I like this about Eve, even though we trash uh, like Fossey Soul fan, of course, uh, we've all bitched about it, but there is a, um, a, a thought behind it. And more and more you see that take shape. And I love that CCP is fighting for Eve. Um, that's cool. There is a thing to be said for, it's kind of similar to the jump changes, which they mentioned at FanFest yeah. as having the design result into what happened in game because of those changes is absolutely what they were looking for. But the feel of what they did completely sucked. Yeah, yeah. So it, that, that's an execution exactly. success, a, a experience fail. And now that they've kind of got the game where they, in a direction they're going, they can now look at, okay, how do we make this feel better now that we've got the result that we wanted? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally, totally. DPS a bit back in in favor of Antosha, which is awesome. Well, awesome. But I hope you, I was just wondering if you guys agree uh, with that you see CCP making that change for this game. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks very well, much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much one, for everybody that's joined us. Okay, Tiberius, last thing. One last thing. Um, make sure that if you are in the Brisbane area, um, or Toronto, Canada, uh, to check out the two meets that are happening there. Um, the Brisbane meetup is at the Buffalo Bar. Uh, that's on October 15th. And the Toronto meetup is at the Good Game Bar on October 16th. So uh, make sure you check those out if you're in this area. Come to my Alliance Tournament Finals viewing party on October 16th in Birmingham, England. Yes, you got the segue. Nice. Terrific. Um, yay. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, the 
right, we'll assume that everybody's finished talking because uh, I need to wrap up the show at seven o'clock. We got to make room for uh, Bill and Mill that come up next. Uh, I think it's a husband and wife team to play games. It should be fun to watch. Some of you guys are going to be peeling off to watch the Alliance tournament uh, later on. And uh, we like this hour. We'll be doing it again. Thank you, uh, Tiberius, Rivra, Pothney, and Core for showing up. We'll probably have other guests on uh, as these uh, shows continue. We'll uh, do a bunch of uh, different things and talk about different topics. This is Talking in Stations, uh, the European edition, uh, because it's friendly for their hour, not so friendly for mine. But the sun did rise behind me, as you can see, while I did the show. We'll see if we can stretch this into two hours uh, down the road, but it looks like it did very well uh, for us. We got 120, 125 people viewing live, and that's great. We like the participation. So thanks again, everyone, and we will see you next time on Talking In Stations.